0: Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. If you didn't listen to the last episode of Dead Bodies...
1: What the hell is wrong with you? Why are you skipping to this one? Go back and listen to the other one.
0: Because you missed something important.
1: I revealed my dead body spot. (gasps) So we'll talk about it. I'll go through it again. All right. Just because we have to talk about it. All right. So my dead body spot that I've always thought would be a good place is, you know, when you're driving through the mountains and there's those hairpin... Turns. Yes. Because you're just you just going up and up and up and up. Yes. And there's no footpaths and no one ever gets out of their car there. So my dead body spot is I would throw the body down.
0: Yeah. In the, the middle
1: of that windy road spot.
0: I find those things so terrifying. Right? It's yeah. when you're driving
1: and you're like, my car could fall down there. And did you mention So not this? down the side yeah. of the cliff. It's kind of like in the middle the way they've built the road that winds up.
0: So, inside the hook of the hairpin. Yes.
1: Did you say that you
0: mentioned this to a police
1: officer and what was their reaction? He said it would be a good spot because no one gets out of their cars there. So, no one would ever smell it. Oh. Yeah. But what if
0: someone just looked down? No, they don't. But no one gets out of their cars.
1: You can't stop there. There's nowhere. There's like, there's no real places to pull over.
0: So, there might be dead bodies there. Maybe, but then what if you've stopped to throw it out and someone comes along?
1: Well, and you're here. Oh, I just hit the mic. Sorry, um, you're here. I had to get handsy. Um, I'm excited. You would have heard in my recording that I feel it, it would be scary to go there at night. Yeah, because there's no lights, and that's something that you would have already heard. But I, yeah, had a look around. There's no lights there.
0: Nobody guessed that.
1: No one guessed it. No
0: one guessed a ravine, or a we'll call that a ravine almost, Is it a ravine? A, or a, a. It's like you
1: know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Those hairpin.
0: I know. Once I had to look up. I think if you Google something like the worst roads in the world, there's all these ones that are on cliffs. You know, like two yeah. inches wide. Yeah. Where you could only. You had... And it's not
1: like the council goes and maintains those areas. No, they're just always just there. No one goes and cuts the trees there. You just
0: wrecked the rainforest for everyone. Sorry. People love rainforests. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think me. you are at all.
1: Anyway, that's it. That's where I'd take the body.
0: There's no reason to listen to this podcast now. Oh. I, all right. Here's your next challenge. What? How would you kill someone? Ooh. Have a think about it. Okay. No, you don't have to tell us now. But you no, must, I'll think about it. I would think you'd, that you you that so that you wouldn't
1: get caught. I think it depends who it is. And they often mm. say that the way that someone is killed can kind of determine if they're known to that person or not, if it was a real crime of passion, ah. you know like, it's, think, like stabbing is quite intimate. Yes, it takes a lot to stab someone. It's actually quite violent and brutal and yeah, horrible, whereas yeah. shooting someone is not so much so intimate.
0: As compared to if if, say you were a mother and someone had hurt your child and you mm. yeah. Okay, maybe maybe the less you think about killing oh. people, the better. Okay. I'm just thinking of Nicholas because I feel scared for him.
1: Mm, mm. I've wanted to kill him of late.
0: Um, Ned Kelly was Australia's most notorious outlaw. We have all heard of not Ned Kelly. If you're not from Australia, he was a very bad person. He was running around uh, in Australia in the 1880s, earlier even from the 1860s, I think. He killed three police officers and he was hanged in 1880 in the old Melbourne jail. 138 years later, there's still a big mystery around Ned Kelly. Nobody knows what happened to his head.
1: Oh, true.
0: Hmm. He was buried with about 40 other prisoners in a narrow graveyard in the old Melbourne jail. And when they buried them, they scratched their initials in the wall above each plot. Now, back in 1920...
1: I'm Googling... What are you because I don't know for those who listen to us, I'll tell you why it's relevant. Mm-hmm. For those who listen to us who are in Victoria, one of my favourite places in Victoria is the Supreme Court Library. Oh, not many people know there's a library there. No, but it's beautiful. It's I'd actually have to go and see in, it now. right in the middle of the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court, I think it must be like a hexagon, but then there's a courtyard in the middle, and in the middle of that courtyard. So if you, it looks like a kind of bullseye, if you're looking from above, yeah, there's the Supreme Court Library. And um, there is a leather-bound book in the Supreme Court Library that I think has the particulars of Ned Kelly after he was killed. Ooh, Yeah, it's still there. It's in a glass case and hardly anyone knows it's there. And it, is has, it open to the public? Yeah, anyone can go and look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it says it here. One book that is of particular interest it records the particulars of Ned Kelly before Justice Sir Redmond Barry in October 1880.
0: Wow, which was yeah. the year he was hanged. Yeah, very
1: interesting. It's got all these court particulars in there. And wow. it's on display in the Supreme Court Library in Victoria.
0: Guilty as charged, you're right. that's Jink.
1: why I was Googling.
0: Okay. Sorry. right. I'll go back to my story for us so rudely interrupted. Uh, so Ned was buried with about 40 other prisoners. In 1929, the jail was closed because they were developing the new Melbourne Police Headquarters and a contractor by the name of Harry Lee was working on the site. His grandson... Lee Franklin says that when Harry started digging the area where they thought Ned Kelly was buried, Mm. he found some bones. Right. People came from everywhere. And this is 1929. They're all like, oh, I'll have a bit of that. I'll have a bit of that over there. Give me a bit of that then, mate.
1: Write in and tell us if you want these accents to stop. (laughs) We'll get on our socials and tell us. Hey, that's mine. Hands off there.
0: I want that. So they all grabbed bones. Ghoulish, ghoulish. But, I mean, really, they're these are the 1929 versions of us. They're just obsessed with right death and stuff and dead bodies. Yeah. So they grabbed bones. They grabbed fragments. And the pieces ended up all over Melbourne, all these bones. People had them in their homes and went, oh, look what I got from the old Melbourne mm. And Harry Lee, who was working there, he grabbed a skull. Now, people were then asked to return all the remains, uh, which most of them did. So they were... Could you please bring the bones back? (laughs) Everyone, joke's over. Come on, bring them back. So they did. And they were put into new coffins and boxes and they were all buried in a mass grave at Pentridge Prison in Coburg, but not the skull, which was believed to be Ned Kelly's skull. Right. Some... Say, there was legend many years that it was kept on a detective's desk before being donated mm. in 1931 to the Australian Institute of Anatomy in Canberra. Don't think that's true.
1: Well, if it was donated, they would know where it was if it went there. Right. Yeah.
0: Possibly, yes. Well, in the 1970s, the skull was given back to the National Trust Hold on. Yes.
1: How's the cop that had it as a paperweight on his table? I know. What's that? That's the kind of... Ned <laughs> Kelly? No, it's not. Yeah, it is. is.
0: That's Ned Kelly's skull.
1: Ah. Well, he he was a cop killer. He wasn't a hero.
0: Maybe he just said, no, it's a candle. Because they always have skulls shaped like candles these days, don't oh, they? Oh, yes, they do. Candles You're shaped right. like skulls. I they know do. what I'm saying. In the 1970s, somehow the skull was given back to the National Trust's old Melbourne jail. So it was put on display, school kids, tourists, everyone oh. went in and had a bit of a look. But then in 1978, the skull went missing from the cabinet. Someone stole it. And somehow it came into the possession of a Ned Kelly enthusiast. Oh, and there's a stole club it. I want to be a member of called Tom Baxter. And what did Tom do with it? Popped it in a Tupperware container. My mum goes mad for Tupperware. If ever we go to op shops, she like pounces on it like it's made of gold. Uh, so he popped it in a Tupperware container and he put it in a hollow log at the bottom of his farm way out in uh, Outback WA in the Kimberley. Yes. I'm doing a face. Happened. Sorry, we're doing a podcast. I'm shocked. I what? know. 2009. This is not a good ad for Tupperware. <laughs> well, it is because it keeps things so fresh. In 2009, a team of archaeologists were digging uh, about nine kilometres away from Pentridge and they hit something below the surface. Surface. Uh, and they found some things that they believed to be timber boxes. There were coffins, all covered with quicklime, which is something they used to do to the bodies back then. So what they had found was that mass prisoner's grave where all those bones that had been returned had been put in. Um, There were 40 partial and complete skeletons, so they were sent across to the Victorian Institute of Forensic Medicine to be examined and possibly identified. Now, Tom Baxter, the guy with the skull in his backyard, he agreed that if... Amongst all those remains, they found Ned Kelly's, that he would give them back the skull to go with the bones.
1: Oh, that's not how it works.
0: Well, according to him, uh, he's got all the power. He's got the Tupperware and the power at discuss- this point.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. On
0: November the 11th, two- south- 2009, on the anniversary of Ned Kelly's death, he handed the skull over to the forensics team and they set about identifying it. Now, it wasn't a match with any of the bones from the mass graves. Oh. So because after – so it had been in the swampy log for about 30 years. They just couldn't get any DNA from the skull. Well, not good enough anyway. And there was a complication because the skull also looked like – and this was where – A woman. No. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Oh, There's a guy called there's a forensic odontologist who I think we have to speak to at some point. His name's Dr. Richard Bassett, and he works at the Institute of Forensic Medicine. He superimposed, so you know they used to take those it's death amazing. masks.
1: yes, it's amazing. They build a face. Mm.
0: Yeah, well, not necessarily from the skull, but they had the death mask of Ned Kelly, and oh. they had the death mask of another fellow, and he was over to able to superimpose the death masks over the skull, Let's see which one. That's right. It fitted both of them. Oh. And they'd been buried next to each other. And they must have looked alike, Ned Kelly and this other bloke. What are the chances? They had similar bone structure. Exactly. Um, Just a side note, this is why we have to speak to Richard Bassett at some point on this podcast. He actually worked to identify bodies after the Black Saturday Victorian bushfires. Yes, we've
1: spoken about that.
0: Uh, there was a big fire in the Burnley Tunnel. He helped yes. identify the body's end. And after the tsunami in, Th- in Thailand in mm. 2004, because he specialises in teeth and teeth often will remain where other mm. parts of the body have been destroyed. So the fellow that the skull also looked like, apart from Ned Kelly, was a guy called Frederick Deeming. And then a tooth was brought into the lab by a man named Chris Ott and his grandfather had worked for... Harry Lee, the contractor back in 1929 who first found the skull, and the tooth fitted perfectly into that skull that had eventually been
1: Why did he take the tooth?
0: don't know. Maybe it fell out. I don't know. And this proved that the skull – yes. It's so
1: weird the shit people keep.
0: Yep. I would keep
1: a tooth. I've got my
0: teeth. What I'm bringing them in to show you. My mum. Well, I was driving along one day. My mum's really weird. Like, oh, t-, she's a. Whole, Are you?
1: She's okay. and she said,
0: "Oh, here, darling, here's your teeth." Oh, she gave me a little <laughs> test a tube with my teeth Hold in on. it.
1: I have a real issue with hard rubbish collection. Oh, really? Yeah. So you know, you you start to see people putting their shit out on the front lawn, mm. and I always look at it and I think, why do you have that? Yeah. Why does that one house have five mattresses out on the lawn mm-hmm. and two two refrigerators and some shit chairs? Where have you been keeping all of that since the last hard rubbish?
0: I stopped at one this morning. In Boleyn, which is a big what, Italian suburb and it was a very Ital- – well, I stopped just to look at it and think, what is this? It oh. was a cha- it was a very Italian-looking piece of furniture. Yeah. It had brown sort of mock leather with yeah. embossing on it for the seat of the chair. The frame of the chair was like brass, mm. cur- curly brass. And then up the top it had like a little tiny I, – I don't know, like a little padded thing up on the top of it. Like a head Did you rest. Touch it? But no. Okay, good. But I stood there for ages looking at and thinking, What what, what are you? What are you for?
1: Yeah, I really see, want why to go does and, someone have that? Them. The shit people keep in their houses is mm. unbelievable. And as a journalist, I've been into a lot of random people's houses. It's incredible sometimes seeing how people live. I love seeing what people have. Oh. So the tooth
0: uh proved that the skull that Tom Baxter had been keeping in the Tupperware and the log in these... Yes. Yeah, that that was the one that was taken from the grave
1: The in tooth matched the skull. It was the yep. one the
0: contractor, yeah. Right. Um, and the tooth was the key. So they were able to take from the tooth oh. mitochondrial DNA. DNA from deep inside the tooth. That was compared to one of Ned Kelly's living relatives. And? Not a match. Oh, so that skull was not Ned Kelly's. So, oh, so
1: old Baxter thought he had the jackpot, and really he had John Doe. Exactly. Well, mm. we have two questions now.
0: Where is Ned Kelly's skull?
1: Right, and who's this guy? And whose skull is
0: this? Would you like me to go on?
1: Yeah, I don't want because I can stop to take and do it skull. in another episode, or I can do it now. I'll do it now. What? When do we carry over? <laughs> when do we carry over stories <laughs> into another episode? Part
0: two. <clears throat> Two years later, from the bones that were found in the mass grave. 2011, roughly. Something good. Yep. Yeah, the Institute of Forensic Medicine finally identified a near complete skeleton as Nick Kelly. So they'd put enough bones together to say this is his thing, but sorry, there's no, no head. head. Uh, some of the bones, actually, it was really interesting because they showed the injuries that he had that were consistent with all the stories that we've heard. So there was right. a couple of gunshot wounds to his left arm and his right arm foot. Those, if you're not from Australia, you don't know the legend of um, of Nick Kelly. He was involved in a shootout at Glen Rowan in 1880 with the police and those were the injuries that he sustained.
1: And he was famous for?
0: Having a tin can on his, it looked like a rubbish bin upside down on his head with the eyes cut out. And
1: yep. people think he's a hero. I think he's a cop killer. I think he's a cop killer too. Mm. I don't know why we were so obsessed with him. No I, no, I
0: still don't know why. He's a murderer. But he obviously had the charm of the Irish. People you know, have people tattoos was, of him
1: the yeah, thing in I don't Australia quite get it because you know, it's weird. the
0: defiant thing isn't it
1: oh uh, yeah i guess
0: so some of the bones actually had one of the bones had two metal gunshot pellets oh. still embedded in a round hole in the right tibia that was actually in his leg from the day he was shot so there is still no sign of nick kelly's head i can't solve to that one day. for you no but they oh. do have a small piece of the back of his skull so the theory is that they must have removed that to do an autopsy when they when he was right. killed uh, and um When they do eventually find a skull, if somebody says, I think this is Ned Kelly, they'll be able to go, here, jigsaw puzzle. If that's the bit, there it is. Um, The other skull Mm. that we had, that we thought was his.
1: Yes, John Doe.
0: Yes. We suspect it might be Fred Deeming. They tracked down a living relative of his, a woman named Kathleen Young, who lived in Southport in the UK, north of Liverpool, mm-hmm. and broke some bad news to her. So he was killed and buried in the jar because he was a serial killer. Right. In fact, not just any serial killer, but a really, really bad oh. one. In fact, they reckon he they call him he could have been Jack the Ripper. Oh. Or he could, he's could he been called the Australian Jack, Jack the, the Ripper. Ripper. So right. she was a bit shocked by that and she said there was a little girl she'd heard her nana and her mum talking about you know, that there was a family secret. They had changed the name Deeming out of their family history so that name he's was a fam- gone. We have,
1: I have a family secret like
0: that. A murderer? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. But they're still alive so I don't know if I can say anything. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah.
0: I'm dying to know It's though. a family
1: rumour. So mm. when the po- – oh. <sighs> Yeah, they're female too. I don't want to. I'll tell it roughly. I don't care. Okay. When are you telling it now? No, go. After your story, I'll quickly tell it. Go. I kind of can't. All right. Tell it now. (sighs) Okay. So there's a rumour in my family. Yep. That a member of my family who's very old, she's in a nursing home. I think you told us this killed her husband. Oh, no, you didn't tell us that? Mm. What? Yeah, because um, he was a bad man and he used to, I'm basing this on nothing except family rumour, by the way, Mm. but that's the rumour in the family that he was a little bit abusive and Uh, she knocked him off. Not uncommon. And whenever she rolls Mm. into family things, my sister and I always look at each other and go "Murder is here. Are you on her side? Yeah, I think so.
0: Don't hate her for it. No, but I wonder what did, she, did It she happened in another country. It yeah. didn't happen
1: in Australia. It it's, happened in another country.
0: Yeah, deaths, deaths, murders,
1: murder. Yeah, but. I think a bit of money was passed hands to make sure that nothing <gasps> happened. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. That's the rumour. I am basing it on no fact, but no. that is the rumour. And based on that, I just
0: feel a sympathy for her. Yeah. I shouldn't
1: do because
0: she's a... Obviously,
1: well, oh god, I'm coming to identifying. But she point. used to babysit us when we were kids, and then my sister you and I found out later on. Stop! Just stop now. We were like, I would stop if I was you. How could you leave us
0: with her? Okay, this is not Chanel Bella. This is a stripper, and her name
1: is what was it? Stacy. Stacy. If this episode vanishes offline, it's because I've yeah. got a call from my family. Anyway, go. Thanks, Stacey, for sharing that through your fictional family. It's a family. true family rumour. Yeah.
0: So they tracked down this relative of Fred Deeming and they told her, look, sorry to tell you this, but we need to find out um, whether he is, in fact, the owner of this other skull. Yep. So she gave her permission for them to exhume a family grave in a, ch- a churchyard in northwest England. They dug down little side note here. Do you know they do exhumations at night? Oh, why? So that they don't scare people. That's all sort of done under cover of darkness so people don't
1: go, what's going on in there, And, Hey, what's going on in there? keep doing that accent. Well, they're in England. I feel like every time we have a podcast session, you sway towards a certain (laughs) nationality.
0: Yeah, but you only call it racist if I do people of of not my own colour. The Indian sounds racist. That wasn't, that was, that was <laughs> Liverpudlian. <laughs> Air. Airbagum, okay, what are you are doing in there? Okay. Um, so, that's true anyway. Uh, it's just another side note too. I thought this was really cool. The six grave diggers who did it have on their business card the zombie outbreak response team. How cool are they? That's cool. Yeah. So, they found the remains of a woman who was buried in 1935, wedding ring still on her finger. It's a bit sad, isn't it? But mm. you've got to remember these are people underneath her. Is a second splintered coffin lid inside yep. that? Are the remains of her husband, a man named Thomas Bailey? He died in 1911 at the age of 63. Now Bailey was one of the brother, or the yeah, the brother of Frederick Deeming, mm. who we think is the owner of the skull. Yeah, sorry, just on Frederick Deeming, he was kind of a big deal in the day. All over the world, stories about him were published. Oh, like it was right. quite a sensation. Even um, when he was arrested, because he was suspected of being Jack the Ripper as well, when he was eventually um, went to trial and was convicted, it made headlines everywhere. And the New York Times announced his hanging on its front page. Oh. That's how big a, a big of a deal big. he was. So let's just tell you a little bit about who Frederick Deeming was. He was born in 1953 in Leicestershire in England. He he says he spent his early years in asylums. And and both his parents had as well. But in those days they used to put everyone in asylums. You know, when people had um cons- Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> cons- it didn't matter. It
1: didn't matter.
0: <laughs> to slow down because I get a bit overexcited.
1: Yeah. They everyone used to- went to the nut house, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: women would have their period and they would go, Oh, nut she's house. off her nut, no, stick her in. Yeah. She's a lunatic and that's what, hysterical
1: yeah. because you had a hist his, his nut uh, house what's it called where you have a like hysterectomy. My that was his hysterectomy? Obsessed with urine samples. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Urine also- sample, urine sample, <laughs> nut house, nut house.
0: Getting get the nut house. <laughs> uh, so it's possible that both his and they, parents were. They did, like electric shock therapy, didn't they? So yeah. They to that was more, like- I think, in the 50s and 60s mm, they did that. True. Yeah, lobotomies and stuff. Yeah. Um, he was epileptic. Don't know whether that makes you a killer, but anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, He ran off to sea when he was about 16. He was a swindler, a thief, a bigamist, a fraudster. He moved to Australia in 1882 when he was 29. His wife, Marie, joined him. He did a bit of time in prison in Sydney for theft. He then went back to Britain in 1888. In 1889, he went to South Africa and was involved, involved in a diamond swindle in the Transvaal. He then went back to Britain again. I find it amazing that he travelled this so much, much in those moving. days. Because it would be like every time would be a five-week ship journey. <laughs> yeah. I would throw up the whole way. Anyway. Horrible. Back in Britain again, he's with Marie and the four children. While he was there in the UK that time, he committed bigamy, so he married another woman while he was still married to Marie. Marie, never know which way to say it. Yes. And he was involved in a jewellery jewelry theft and he fled to South America. And when he arrived in Montevideo, he was extradited back to the UK hmm. and returned to prison in he 1891. travelling. They locked him up. Idiots let him out the same year.
1: Mm, They do that still now.
0: You know what he did when he got out? He murdered Marie, Marie Mm. Marie, and the children, and he buried them under the fireplace of their house in Rainhill, 20 k's east of Liverpool. He had more than 20 aliases. Wow. Using one of those, he married another woman, Emily Mather, and he took her to Australia, and they arrived in Australia in December 1891. On Christmas Eve, he bashed her around the head, they were living in Windsor, in the suburb of Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, he bashed her around the head. He cut her throat, and he buried her under the hearth in the second bedroom, and cemented her body under the fireplace.
1: Oh, I the know fire where place? the house
0: is. The house is still there, and you can look at it. And I bet the people who live in it don't even know. What? I don't think we can even put it on our Facebook Wait, page. Why? How do you know mountain. the house
1: is still there? The address because is online,
0: the historians have. What suburb? The street. It's in Windsor.
1: Oh, you said that in Windsor. The street
0: is Andrew Street. I better not say the number. I feel bad because is it people... a number dash? No, oh, it's, it's a, a little freestanding. um What do they call it with the the where the bricks are different colours? Polly, Polly, whatever you know, with the brown and
1: and the body was buried yep. there.
0: Yeah, I'll show you a picture of it. Um,
1: yep we should knock on their door and tell them. Hello. Hello.
0: Hello, did you know what happened here in 80s? Why
1: is that a voice? We were being ourselves. We were going to be ourselves when we turned <laughs> 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 yeah. up. Unless you were yeah, going to do an accent after we knocked on the door. I was going to say, hello, I'm Chanel from Dead Bodies. And then you would have been saying, going, hello, I'm Didi. <laughs> you were just, we were being ourselves. <laughs> I didn't know. It's like a bad was movie. Hello. <laughs> I
0: was
1: here we I go.
0: didn't
1: want them to know it was me. <laughs> they would have seen you. We were standing at the yeah. front door. I've got I a disguise on. I've got on glasses and a graduate I didn't want them to know it was me, so I did an accent, said the criminal in the dock. Well,
0: we are having one or two little problems at the moment. It won't be too long before we're with tonight's episode of Dead Bodies. Well, we seem to have the problem corrected now, so let's return to the program. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's always, I'm always the problem. I beg your, beg your pardon, everyone. Sorry for laughing. Okay. Uh, a new tenant was looking over the property. It was a few months later after he'd, he'd buzzed off, after he killed her, and the new tenant said there was a bit of a smell. They dug. Oh, and always. I'm glad you're crying too. And oh, just me. It made me laugh. And they found poor Emily's body, poor love. Um When they found that murder, the one in Windsor, Mm -hmm. they then suspected the deeming, they're starting to put things together here about him, and they suspected that he could have been linked to the Jack the Ripper killings in Whitechapel. Now, he had been in the UK at that time. It's quite conceivable that he could have been in London. He knew one of the, um, I can't look at you because I've got tears under your eyes. I know. He actually knew one of Jack the Ripper's victims. So this has never been proven, but um, the theory does count. He was on the run at this stage. He was using one of his aliases, Baron Swanston. Oh. He's got 20 and that's the one he chose. He went to okay. Sydney. I'm getting close to the end. Okay. Uh, he met a woman on the voyage. He arranged for her to meet him in Western Australia, where he'd been offered a job in the mines. It was very I'm sp-
1: waiting for him to die. When does he die? I'm getting to
0: it. I'm getting to it. Uh, When he was in Western Australia, that's where he was arrested in March 1892, and the police thought he was about to. Why is that?
1: Because I'm waiting for him to die. Go.
0: Okay, he will. He will. will. Uh, The police reckon he was about to murder his new girlfriend, so they managed to save her, which is great. Mm. They by this stage had discovered the bodies of Marie and Marie slash Marie and the four kids in England. Everyone was okay. horrified, a lot of interest in him. Obviously the whole Jack the River thing was big at that time. <laughs> Why are you laughing now?
1: I'm still laughing about <laughs> the thing go. Well, <laughs> what if you... <laughs> <laughs> Hello? I'm Doo <Doo-doo. laughs>
0: What if you go, hi, I'm Charlotte Belly, you turn around but I'm completely in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> And you, you've just, outed yourself. You've gone, they go, why is that girl off the TV here? I have no idea. With, you're in a, with a man yeah.
1: <laughs> in a trench coat
0: with a large nose and a moustache and dark glasses like mm. Craco Marx. Excuse my
1: friend. <laughs> right. She's
0: not well. <laughs> People were horrified. Uh, let me see. So he was found guilty of murder in May ni- 1892. He tried to plead insanity. Um, another side note, quick one, his lawyer was Alfred Deacon, who was the future oh, Prime Minister of Australia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Australia went nuts for it. Uh, his counsel and Alfred Deacon, they sought um, an adjournment because they wanted to try and prove that he was, um, that he was insane, but... Anyway, he ended up being hanged before an audience of 50 men. Women weren't allowed to watch such things. And then he was buried in the old Melbourne jail. Now, the remains of Fred Deeming's brother that were dug up back in England were taken from the grave. The femurs and the teeth were painstakingly laid out. And they were divided up with a little bone and they took biopsies and stuff, put it in little separate coffins, reburied. The samples were delivered to Dr. Dadna Hartman, who's the head of molecular biology at the Victorian Institute of Forensic Medicine for analysis. The best ones were clean. The DNA was taken out. A week later, they got the results back. The DNA from the skull, mm-hmm. the one that's been in the Tupperware yep. and that they thought was now killing, it's not, and they think it's Fred Deeming, doesn't match. Oh,
1: it's still the bones mm-hmm.
0: from Fred Deeming's brother. So we still don't know whose skull that is. It is possible that Deeming and this body that they exhumed were brothers, but not bro- right. blood brothers. We say also- femur
1: a lot in this podcast.
0: It's a good bone to mention. Tibia. they're good bones. They're mm. good because every- everyone knows where they are. Yeah. Don't go mentioning. I don't know. Give me an obscure bone. I don't know. Mm. See, that's pelvis. That's not obscure. All right. Uh, Right now, what they say is Deeming was a master of disguise in his life. Who knows? He might yet turn out to be a master of disguise in death. There you are. Okay. I solved nothing.
1: That was that was good.
0: Thanks, Chanel.
1: My story was given to me by a friend of mine, Kate Jones, Mm -hmm. reporter. Yep. Mm. Channel Seven reporter and producer with her work. Mm -hmm. she's lovely. Love Kate Jones. It's the story of Charlie Chaplin. Oh, but what? Right? He's a comedian. But it relates to a body snatching story I told in a previous episode. Oh. So, Charlie Chaplin died aged 88. Of course, British star of silent films. When did he die? 1978. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um,. When he died, he was up to his fourth wife. Her name was Una. They had a quiet burial for him at a cemetery near their home in Switzerland. Mm. Right? All going well. Three months on, Una gets a phone call from the cops. And they say, someone's dug up Charlie's grave (gasps) and he's gone. What? Someone stole Charlie Chaplin's body.
0: This is why they put Diana on an island. So people couldn't get to her, Princess Diana.
1: Where is that island?
0: Didn't we discuss this? You don't listen to me, do you? I can't remember. In There's an island on the family estate. Oh, right. Yeah, it's quite hard to get to.
1: So this is being called one of the most spectacularly unsuccessful cases of body snatching ever. Why? Would, why and I'll tell you why. why. Why would someone want his body? So the thieves have the body and they call up Una yeah. And they give their list of demands. They want about $600,000. <gasps> and in the threats, they make threats against the couple's young children if they don't get what they want. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. But Una was sassy. I've written sassy. Have you? She says, don't want you? anything to do with it. Is it you or
0: Kate has written that?
1: No, I wrote sassy. You? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kate sent me the story. I went and looked it up. Okay. She said, I don't want anything to do with it. She said, Charlie would have thought... It was ridiculous. And she's not, she's just not entertaining it. She's like, I don't care that you've got the body. I'm not, I don't want to have anything to do with it. So you can take your 600 and jam it. Wow. Yeah. Ballsy. So the body snatching happened on March the 2nd. She says she wants nothing to do with it. Fast forward to May, two months on, Mm -hmm. body's still missing. She's not fighting what they're throwing out there, but the yeah. cops are still, you know, someone's dug up a grave, so the cops are still on it. So what the cops did was they tapped Una's phone yeah, knowing that they're going to call back, but they also tapped 200 phones in the local area, 200 phone booths. Wow. And when they called in, they caught them. So they traced the phones when they called in again and they caught them. It was two mechanics and two political refugees were arrested. Mm. Where's the body? Yeah, where's the body? Don't. What? They'd reburied the body in a cornfield because obviously you can't just keep the body hanging around. But when, say, once they get these guys, they tell them, yep, yeah, here's the body. We'll take you to the Holding body. Holding my breath, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The mastermind was given an 18-month suspended sentence for grave robbing and attempted extortion. Because remember, there's no charge for mm-hmm. stealing a body because mm. it doesn't belong to anyone except the person that
0: whose and it is. Una
1: didn't want it. And Una didn't want it. So they got them for grave robbing and attempted extortion. Two of the grave robbers wrote letters to Charlie's mother. She said all was forgiven. Um, Charlie was reburied. However, they made it a little bit more secure. They put concrete on top. And there is a movie about it all called *The Price of Fame*.
0: Well, I never, right? I've never heard this. Yeah.
1: Wow. But good tactic, right? Going whatever, don't want it. What am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with Charlie's body? It's ridiculous. How tough was she? Yeah, I love her. They thought those idiots thought they'd had her. Yeah. And they didn't because she She wasn't having it. No, she goes, "That's not Charlie."
0: Yeah, Sassy's good. And it's true, right? Body's not him.
1: Mm -hmm. What's she going to do with the body? She's going to put it back in the ground.
0: She's not taking nothing from no one. No. She's the Oprah of her day. Don't mess with me.
1: Got feedback. Mm. Uh,
0: Yes. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Kim, who sent us a picture of her maternal grandmother who died peacefully in her bed. Thank you, Kim, for the picture. I don't know that we'll put it on our social media. We, no, I don't think no. we can. No. But the thing is, the photo was taken by her seven-year-old son. He'd just got a new camera. He fluffed up her pillow and placed his teddy bear next to her and took the photo. <laughs> so apparently that they all loved the grandmother, but she, this is a Kim's words. She wasn't the kindest of souls. Oh. She would sometimes tell Kim that she looked like a bikies mole. Her name was Beatrice, but the family called her the buzzard. So apparently this photo of the late buzzard is flicked between emails between all the girls in the family if they just want to to remind them that the buzzard is still lurking. Uh, She then goes on to say, and it's probably redundant now, it's a bit sad for everyone, her guess at your dead body hideout was in the sewerage system. If dumped at Mm. night, the body would be mushed up with all the excrement through those turbines.
1: Yeah, and the smell, well,
0: everyone would expect that to smell. Not sure where it goes from there.
1: Hmm. Uh, Maybe now write in and tell us how you kill someone. Can we do that? Well, no, I
0: think keep thinking of good places to hide bodies. And just because you have revealed your one doesn't mean it's the perfect place. Someone might have somewhere better. True. Albie had a guess. Albie said, Didi and Chanel, great show, I've been binging. Everyone's referring to binging just to let somebody know that they were right and I was wrong. (laughs) Uh, Chanel's hidden body, beg your pardon? I was just...
1: Nothing. Basking
0: in the glory of your perfectness. I was, yeah. you know? I was. Chanel's hidden body is in a hollow concrete light pole. When the pole is laying down, stuff the body inside tightly, making sure she doesn't fall out. Oh, he's murdered a woman. Mm. Um, when erected in a concrete base, <laughs> gone. The perfect murder. Best wishes, Albie. Thanks, Albie. I love
1: how people write this stuff and they go, best wishes.
0: <laughs> uh, and one more from Rachel. Thank you for all the feedbacks, by the way. Deadbodypodcast at gmail.com. I'm always shocked
1: that people actually listen and write in. It's lovely.
0: i try and fit them all in. We can't fit them all in. We'll save some for next time. Uh, and also Facebook. Love getting your messages there. This one's from Rachel. She says, hi, Dee Dee and Charnel. Just commenting on the violent waking up thing me- mentioned in episode 14, I think. Uh, that Was was that you talking about your uh, Nicholas when he wakes up? Wakes yes. <gasps> like yep. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a gender theme because I often wake up very violently. My partner works nights and if I'm asleep before he comes home, he'll sneak into bed, but it scares me so much. I wake up just like, oh, what's happening? Gasping and terrified. Also... I'm not sure if this counts as a dead body, but when visiting the Philippines earlier this year, we went to visit my grandfather at the cemetery. I hadn't been to visit since I was two years old, so we had everything to learn. Anyway, we learned that after your body is initially put into a grave, it's left for a while to decompose. After that, if the family can't afford to move the body, they take out the bones and just leave them out in the open. What? So walking around, we saw some skeletons in bags on top of graves. I wasn't going to add niceties since I know you don't like them. What well, we do. We're just far too modest we to just, repeat We read them. them
1: over and over and over when we're not doing oh, podcasts. Rachel, we don't read them during podcasts. She says, but I love the podcast. It's oh, in
0: capital letters. I'm a squeamish person, but I can't get enough of hearing you two talk about dead bodies
1: for some reason. I know, Rachel. I know how you feel. Now, this is an interesting one from Facebook because it's from Anonymous, but at the end they've put their names. So Oh, that would just be that's... the way
0: I cut and pasted oh, it. Oh, okay, so, maybe... so that's
1: counterproductive. I won't say the name.
0: Protect their modesty.
1: Hello, lovely ladies. As I listened to the podcast last night, I went into a panic. <gasps> About telling you about the highly secret... No, about you telling the highly secret burial location for Steve Irwin. Oh, oh, this is anonymous. Yes. I Googled it to see if the police may be searching for someone who broke a confidentiality agreement. Uh Uh-oh. They're not.
0: Have we got her in trouble? No. No?
1: Anywho, Google showed that this information is on Wikipedia, so I was able to sleep soundly after realising I wouldn't get arrested. Phew. Yeah. Um... Where am I going? Where am I going? Hold on. We need to stop. No.
0: No, not stop.
1: No, we need to. Is this the person that wrote us the email about Steve Irwin? Yeah. Oh, I've just clicked. Yeah. Are we still recording all of this? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah, Keep going. I've just clicked. That made me sound really dumb. I only clicked halfway, like after that first thing. Anyway, Anonymous is safe.
0: Leave it in, please. Please What?
1: I. Shit. You know, I'm the idiot at the door with the Uh, mask
0: on using a fake voice. I was confused. Somebody can't read an email. Okay.
1: One day I'll let you know about the time I was in an Italian restaurant in Randwick, 1991, and a man was sitting out the front in his ute. I'd been standing on the footpath waiting for a friend and then walked back inside, and we shared a smile. Next minute, a car backfired, Or so I thought.
0: No, it's never a car backfiring. It isn't, is
1: it? No. Within seconds, it became apparent it was a gunshot. I was with a group of people from the bank I worked in when a man, when a woman ran in yelling, he's been shot. My group pushed me out as I had just done a first aid course with a, with the bank. <laughs> She's like, It was a one day course. You deal with this question mark. <laughs> I knew very little. I ended up cradling the head of the man in the Ute in a towel until the paramedics arrived. Oh, goodness. Oh, gets a bit graphic. He was convulsing with his eyes open and there was oh. blood everywhere. Oh. And she kinda of, it's a bit graphic, but she says Parts of his skull were missing. Oh, goodness. The gunman had shot him through the window and there was glass everywhere. The gunman must have been watching me from the park opposite and probably impatiently waiting for me to move on. My friend finally pulled up in a taxi and was wondering why all the people were standing around watching, name, hugging a man.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Turn page. I was stunned that very soon after the ambulance left, the restaurant lady came and took orders just like nothing had happened oh. and people were starting to make jokes about it, e.g. the bank manager asked if he could order brains in tomato sauce. This is what happens. She says, I guess that's the way some people cope. That's what happens. I was 24 years old. I got blind, rotten drunk with my friend. Yes. I guess that's how I coped. yes. The man died later that evening. Oh, dear. She names him. Do I name him? No, I
0: don't name him. Okay.
1: She says his name, and as it turned out, he was an underworld figure. The next morning, the papers said something like, Shocked diners watched in horror.
0: Of course they did.
1: Yeah, we would write that. Mm. Anyway, she says, I think I just told you the story. Because at the start, she said, one day I tell you. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, she says, keep giggling. Um, it's a huge part of your charm. I know I get nervous every time we laugh too much. Um, thanks to you too. Nice <laughs> things, nice things. It. Love it when the podcast drops on Monday. Usually the signal to grab my headphones and go for a walk.
0: Oh, well, thank you to our lovely producer, Kirsten, don't for making sure that. happens. don't with your headphones on, you'll get murdered.
1: What? I was wearing mine. No, you get murdered. That's how murderers sneak up behind you. Oh. <clears throat> I okay. in my throat, but yeah, don't do that. Mm. I, I mean, even mm. I have ear, what are they? AirPods, EarPods, pods, the Apple ones. I only yep. put one in because I'm just scared someone's going to move me.
0: That's paranoid yeah, I only put one extreme. in.
1: I've mm. got another one. Do we
0: have time? Yes, okay. we do. Kirsten's nodding. I've got another one too.
1: Oh, I'll go. Email go. from Tink. Hi, ladies. Just wanted to say thank you for your wonderful podcast. Nice things, nice things. You've helped me through a difficult time recently, and I want you to know that although your podcast is fun, it has meaning too. Recently, I lost my grandfather to cancer. 21st of September. Hmm. Shouldn't put dates in. makes people realize when we record these things, it's not always immediate. Anyway, Mm. and your podcast has helped me deal with this immensely. We were in the room with him and watched and heard him take his final breath. Hmm. She said his body literally shrank. Shrank? Is that the word? Yeah, that would be right. We could see the outline of his skull and when he died, it was just looking, it was like looking at a cheesy Halloween dummy. It's funny
0: how your observation changes, Mm. doesn't it? And you've closed in on details. Yeah. Like being
1: able to see his skull. She says, um, goes on to say that uh, he was waxy and slightly yellow looking Mm. um, and that, She felt bad that her girls, who were quite young, just 4 and 11, had to see that. Um, She said, I listened to your podcast later that week, and it struck me that although we have fun in listening and agreeing to your banter, I couldn't help remembering the earlier podcast you did with Michael Mm
0: -hmm. about how
1: his sister died. I used some of the nice things everyone said about how the best way to remember someone was to talk about them, even in an offhand kind of way, and to share stories about the ones we have lost. I try to do this with my girls, even though for the older one, it's still quite raw. Uh, Thank you for your laughs and insightful words that have brought comfort to me. Hmm. So nice. That's nice. And that was
0: you that gave the advice, wasn't it, when you are speaking to... Yeah,
1: because I always talk about my uh, partner's dad. Hmm. Yeah.
0: But just in a casual way. Yeah. Uh, One more question. Yep, she's giving us a nod. Okay, here we go. Uh, This is from Emily, email deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com. Can't tell you the thrill I get when I just see that little number pop up next to it on my phone. No, I still, don't, oh, I still don't
1: check the email. No, I know you don't. It makes me nervous.
0: That's all right. Later. Hi, DD and Chanel. Please stop laughing. Your laughing is annoying. It really is the worst thing. I'm going to give you a one-star rating.
1: Is that what she? Is that what I wrote? No, you believed it though, didn't oh, you? What did, did she write that or did she write that no. as a joke? Oh, you're pretending. <laughs> oh, I'm not catching on at all today. Oh, uh, Emily
0: says, listening to this week's episode, she's up to number twenty one, you've just mentioned that no one binge listens to your show. Oops, that was my claim. You're dead wrong. Okay. All right. Thank you. I believe I be
1: I'm clicking what in is that happy dance? I'm clicking with my happy I believe dance. I
0: binged the first eleven episodes on the first wow, day 11. I found them. 11. That would be too much. You'd be so sick of hearing about death, surely. I'm so
1: sick of listening to
0: uh, oh, she curses us for having lives outside the podcast and not doing more than one per week. Oh, Steady on, Emily. Steady on. Steady on. Um have got jobs. She says, I don't think it's an issue to laugh at death. Given the work you do, I think you go nuts if you didn't have an outlet. True. True. I have not seen a dead body myself. I'm disappointed, question mark, she puts in brackets, mm. in that fact. But I'm always on the lookout. So am I. I seriously everywhere I go. I'm like every time my dog oh. sniffers over, over towards the bushes I'm like what have you found there? I've seen Are so they-? many
1: this week too. Have you? Yeah, I've seen a lot this week. Oh,
0: you had a bad week in court? I you? did. Yeah.
1: Maybe we'll chat about it next episode. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah. Yeah, I do um, she said maybe that makes me a little strange. I don't know if it's Charnel's body dump location, but if I were in the if I were in in the need to dispose of a body, I'd probably hack someone up and throw them in floodwaters. I say floodwaters oh. because we get some decent yearly high flood wa- uh, water floods in Brisbane, not the city destroying kind, just the flush out the local creeks of bodies kind. God, that sounds suspicious. Haven't done it yet. Don't intend on doing it. I guess you'd also need to schedule the murder for around flood prone times. Probably. Probably too difficult. So I guess my guess for Sharnel's body dump is in a creek. Anyway, sorry about the rambling pros. Thoroughly enjoy your work. So keep it up, Emily. Thanks, Emily.
1: I like haven't done it yet. <laughs> That's my favourite part. Haven't done it yet.
0: Don't think she will. It's like she uh, wanted
1: to make sure if anyone was hacking her email that she sort of,
0: have not haven't done it yet. But if you do, feel free to share mm. deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Dead Bodies Podcast. Uh, Tell your friends And the other thing Also we don't mention this much. I hate it when podcasters do this But if you go on iTunes And give us a a five star rating please And click subscribe It really does help us Not look like complete and utter losers See you next week Dead Bodies is created by DD Dunleavy and Chanel Vela And produced by Kirsten Lim Howe Contact us at Deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com